forever. Dog. Live from a seldom used dining room in heaven, it's the Godcast 3,466 Passover Seder Spectacular. Featuring Elijah, Jesus Christ, Dinah Shore, and over a million more. And now, the deity without whom the chosen people would have just been regular people, God! Hello everyone and welcome to the 2021-5781 Seder Spectacular. I'm the Lord Almighty, and I'm joined as always by my chic shiksa sidekick, Joan of Arc. Hey, Joan! Hey, God, and may I say, good yon teeth! A for effort, Joan! I want to start by welcoming all our Jewish listeners. Greetings, you foreskinless bastards, and thank you for tuning in to celebrate the miracle and majesty of that one time... Three and a half thousand years ago, I actually saved you from being massacred. As for our Gentile fans, you might want to skip this one. We'll be talking about things and using terms that may go over your head, like Kharoseth and Dayenu and Secret International Zionist Cabal. If you do stay tuned, I ask that you please remain quiet and stay away from the food. It's reserved for me and my homies. To set the scene, gathered around the long table in Heaven's Dining Room, the one where we keep the china, are a dozen or so of my favorite Jews, both living and dead. Say shalom, everybody! Shalom, God! I can't hear you! Shalom, God! There, that's grateful, Earth. They are here to A, keep the background noise down, and B, honor me in person for liberating them from bondage in Egypt after a mere 430 years of brutal slavery. I also brought a special ghost that you'll hear from in a bit. And now, since my producers at Forever Dog have assured me that once a podcast goes past 40 minutes, listeners start drooling and having seizures, let's get started. Before any Sabbath or Jewish holiday, it's customary to begin by lighting candles and reciting a blessing to me. Joan, since you're already on fire, would you do the honors? Of course, God. Okay, um, Baruch, Ata. No, 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 don't even. You're a Shonda to the language, Joan. English is fine. Oh, okay, uh, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us that we kindle the holiday lights. Amen. Amen. Thank you for saying that, Joan. Honestly, it was my pleasure. Commanding you to perform obscure rituals is one of the great joys of my life. Okay, now, every good Jew knows that the Seder ceremony is anchored by the reading of the four ads. It is now time for the first and second ads. The Godcast Passover Seder Spectacular will be right back after these messages. Welcome back. It's now time for the washing of the hands. Although for the last year or so, every time has been time for washing of the hands. Guests, in a moment, you'll see bowls of water hovering in the air in front of you. May I ask that you all clean your hands with the soap also provided? Very good. 
Don't forget under the nails. Can't be too careful. What with the COVID virus I sent, it's killed over two and a half million people. Very dangerous. Great. Okay. Now it's time for the carpus. This is when we dip parsley into salt water. The salt water symbolizes the tears the Jews shed while slaves in Egypt. And the parsley symbolizes any garnish, really, a basil, rosemary, lemon zest, edible flowers, anything. So we dip the parsley in the salt water, and as we do, we say a prayer. And I think I would like, let's see, uh, oh, beat poet Allen Ginsberg. Would you be so good as to make the blessing to me? Oh, yeah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who created the fruit of the earth. Thank you, Alan. I went into the neon no. fruit supermarket dreaming of your enumerations. This is what not the peaches and what penumbras. This is not the Whole prince. family no. shopping at night, aisles okay. full of That's husbands. Enough. Wives and the avocados, imagery, babies and the tomatoes, the and you, That's enough. Garcia Lorca. Alan, uh, what were you doing down Alan, by the watermelon? That's man. enough. Enough. You're a great poet, but this is a satyr, not a bean. Save it for brunch with Kerouac, okay? Besides, it's time for the fun part: hiding the afikomen. Okay, you know how this works. I'm going to take three pieces of matzah. Stack them on top of each other. And now I'll break the middle one. And now we hide one of the broken pieces somewhere. Who wants to hide it? Any, any volunteers? Anybody? I'll do it. Uh, and, and Frank, you, you, uh, you sure you want to do this? Oh, yes, God. I'm very good at hiding. I can hide it where no one will find it for years. But then they'll find it. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, here you go. Don't look for me, Lord. Not that you would. <laughs> With the, uh, the Alpha Coleman, it's good to get the kids involved. Yeah. Anywho, it's time for my favorite portion of the Passover Seder, the story of Exodus. This is the part where I really shine, where I do my best godding. Let's start with the four questions. Joan, I asked you to prepare a special version of the four questions beforehand. Do you have them? I sure do. Then ask away to the accompaniment of music played by Mr. Robert Zimmerman who, out of disgrace and shame for his own heritage, went on to change his name to Bob Dylan. Go ahead, Bob. Joan? God, why are all other deities so lame, but you're so awesome? Why do all other deities need to be part of a pantheon, but you're so cool, you just hang out by yourself, because that's how secure you are in your own divinity. Why are all other deities seldom portrayed by big-time actors in movies, but you've been portrayed by such Hollywood heavyweights as Morgan Freeman, George Burns, Steve Buscemi, and Alanis Morissette? Why are all other deities dead, but you're still alive, casting an enormous shadow over the human race? Wow, you nailed it, Joan. Spectacular. Thank you, God. And you know, that's a great point about Morgan Freeman. 
I'm worthy of Morgan Freeman. You think if you offered Morgan Freeman a role as Quetzalcoatl, he would take it? Please. He wouldn't even read the script. Okay, so next up, I answer the four questions. And in this case, it's the same answer for all four questions. The answer being, because I'm God, and I mean, that's it. I'm God. You know, pretty self-explanatory. All right. Time now for the story of the four sons. This will be read as it is every year by my son, Jesus Christ. Kiddo, take it away. Okay, okay. So once upon a time, there were four sons. A genius, a jackass, an idiot, and a little brat too young to talk. And they were talking about... uh, Passover, for some reason. They were talking Passover. I don't know. It just came up, and somehow in the conversation, it uh, it, it probably was close to Passover. That's probably it. It was close to Passover. So, of course, they start talking about Passover. And anyway, the genius says, so uh, what's this Passover deal all about. And uh, his dad says, just do what I do and don't ask questions. And the jackass says, do I really have to sit through this Seda crap again? And the dad says, ah, you little bastard. You're a little bastard. You know that. And the idiot says, duh. And then dad says, what a disappointment you are. And then the little brat is just looking at everybody. And the dad says, why do you even exist? Your mother swore to me that she was on the pill. Oh, it's it's okay, Joan. I just, I didn't expect it to be so moving. Yeah, well, for Jews, like Jesus, it's very powerful. Remember, the Last Supper was a Passover Seder. Ah, but the last breakfast, I ordered a cheese omelet, and uh, they made it scramble. That's not what I ordered. After after dying on the cross, you think they could at least uh, make it a cheese omelet. I know, son, I know. Now it's time to recite the ten plagues. These, of course, are the afflictions I sent to Egypt to convince the Pharaoh to let my people go. We read these at the Seder, and we use our finger to drip a drop of wine onto our plates for each plague to remind us of the joy we felt in seeing other human beings suffer excessively, capriciously, and gratuitously. Now, ordinarily, I would do this myself, but this year I have a special guest to read the plagues, Ladies and gentlemen, the Pharaoh himself, King Ramses II. Hey, hey, he was a big enough man to show up here. Let, let's show him a little respect. Thank you. Ramses II, how are you, buddy? How, how you doing? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm great, God. I'm, I'm great. How, how are you? It's, it's nice to see you. You, uh, you, look, you look God. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, you look uh, good, too. Is that a new headdress? No, same one. Uh, wow. 
I this is a little awkward, no question. But at the same token, it's been what three thousand six hundred years since the whole yeah yeah the whole Michigas. It's, it's yeah, and yet feels like feels like yesterday. Uh, you know, we hated each other so much back then. But yes, we did. To, that was then. Yeah. This is now. Right. And right, and I, right. I like to think, and I I do feel for me anyway that all the animosity that no, I felt gone, at that time gone. Poof, poof, uh, right. gone. You know, good, good. You were you were doing what you had to do. Exactly, and you were doing what you had to do, especially because I kept hardening your heart over and over and over again to make you do what you did. And I've since come to know you and your wife Melinda and your. A wonderful couple, and you are a good man. You really are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I thank you so much for coming here and doing this. We have uh, the ten plagues <sighs> to recite. Are right. you are you ready to to recite them? Oh yeah, no, I I know these by heart. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I I know, and I appreciate that these will to some extent, you know, take you back. Uh, yeah, sure. well, but look, look, blood under the bridge, Jehovah. So let's just move on. Okay. Well said, well said. Okay, uh, Jews, please take out your pinkies and prepare to dip and drip. Okay, Pharaoh, take it away. Uh, okay. Uh, memory lane, here we go. Boils. Frogs. Lice. Lice? That, that was a weird one, remember? Because everybody got lice and then everybody the next day was waiting alongside the Nile to get that special delousing shampoo. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that was like a plague into itself. Smelled like horse urine, if I remember Yeah, correctly. yeah, it did, yeah. it did, it really yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, it worked, though. It worked, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, wild animals, pestilence. For those listening, that just means I killed all your livestock. Pestilence is a very vague term. People always ask, well, does that mean you sent a plague uh, to the people? And my response is no, it was a pestilence onto the livestock. I killed your cattle. I killed your sheep. I killed yeah. your goats. I yeah. left you unable to have any source of protein. <laughs> we remember. Yeah. We remember. Yeah. 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 I, okay. I've heard it called cattle disease. Let's just call it. You know it what? That's it better. I like that better. That's that's good, mm-hmm. Pharaoh. Cattle disease is a, is a better name for it. Okay. Halfway well, down. i going to keep moving here. If, uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So, uh, boils. Hail. Rock. I'm sorry to interrupt. It always bothers me. It's a little nitpicky thing, but it's technically it's not hail. It's grapple. Mm-hmm which is mm. a meteorological term for something much like hail, but it's like a softer kind of hail and the pellets are smaller. I don't know if it was softer, it, maybe smaller. It didn't, it, didn't, no, the, it didn't feel softer. No, they weren't soft enough to not kill you when descending right. from the right. skies onto your skulls, but it was softer. I'm just a, I'm just a nitpicky guy when it comes to the yeah, words. No, for the record, me too. They, it's they killed. Okay. They killed. That's, okay. you know, it's an interesting fact, interesting fact. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, locusts. Yeah, they were, those locusts were nasty. Still are, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darkness. That, uh, I mean, I guess that one wasn't so bad at night. So bad at night. No, it was not. No, darkness at night was fine. It was the darkness at day that I think was weird for you. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. And then. Weird. Um, yeah. We, you know, the, uh, I think we all, you know, elephant in the room here. Uh, the slaying of the firstborn. That, that the was. The 10th plague, uh, the final plague, the that, worst plague. And I've. Yeah. I discussed this with you a little bit just yeah. before we, we, we started the podcast. And I'm going to say to you publicly what I said to you privately. The slaying of the firstborn, the killing of the eldest son and daughter of every family in Egypt, that one went too far. That yeah. was uh, excessive. And yeah. looking back, I, I apologize in general and I apologize to you personally. As you know, it, it, uh, the plague killed my oldest son, Amun Ka. Uh, for those that don't remember, he was... Uh, 
He was 21. He was 21. He was a, a philanthropist. I mean, he worked with the homeless down in Nubia, for, for you's sake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Played the liar. He ran an Ibis sanctuary. <laughs> he was a good kid. Amun Ka was a good kid. <laughs> and I'm feeling your pain and I feel your grief. And I, I relate. And if it's, if it's any comfort, I just want you to realize that bottom line, sometimes life is not fair. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? I'm out of here. You know, this, why did I even waste my time to... You know, Pharaoh, Ramses the second, everybody. Kick Ramses the second. Let him through. Let him through. People, yeah, let, now let you him, let me through. Now let you let, let me red, through. Let him through the red carpet. Please part. Part the red carpet, sure, please. Sure, let him through. Sure. Let him through. Now, now I fail through, don't I? No fucking swag Part the red carpet. All right. Almost time to eat. Just a couple more bits of sycophantic sniveling you all need to perform. First, a blessing over the matzah. I'll do this one myself. Blessed am I, Lord my God, King of my universe, who brings forth my bread from my earth. Oh, God? Yes, Jim? Okay, <laughs> forgive my shiksosity, but I've always wondered, why is matzah so flat? Great Gentile question, Joan. When Jews were finally allowed to leave Egypt, they had to flee so fast that they didn't have time to put yeast in their bread. Yes. It was a shame because what no one remembers now is that the Jews were the pastry chef kings of the Near East. They made amazing baguettes, brioches, croissants, cakes. I did not realize that. Yes, but now, due to circumstances, the Passover meal almost gives the impression that Jewish cuisine is awful and tastes like pain. In fact, we're now up to the bitter herb, or maror, which symbolizes, you guessed it, bitterness. In fact, pretty much everything on the Seder plate symbolizes some kind of negative human emotion. Even the plate itself symbolizes the fragility of life. There you go. Guests, all of you, please recite the prayer. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who makes us holy through your commandments and commands us to eat maror. I appreciate the effort, everybody, but that was a little too coherent. Let's do it again in the exhausted, mumbly way that better represents the way you actually feel after 20 minutes of a Seder. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who makes us holy through your commandments and commands us to eat maror. There you go. That's what Passover is all about. Celebrating your freedom to express how tedious Passover is. And now, everybody, mealtime. While we eat our meal, we're going to go a little out of order and skip ahead to the playing of the third and fourth ads. Remember, we're still in the middle of the Seder. You're not allowed to go anywhere. You are enslaved here in this celebration of freedom. Don't you fucking move! It's Godcast Passover Seder Spectacular! All right, well, we're back from those ads, and of course it takes a lot longer than a couple of minutes to consume a full Passover meal, but hearing us eat would make for a bad podcast, so I'm removing the food now. What? Wait, but I'm still eating! (laughs) Don't make those sounds at me, chosen people! I am the Lord thy God! I freed you! I got you jobs in hospitals and law firms and banks and movie studios! Besides, what do you care about the meal? I can feel the fish is disgusting! Knock it off! 
Okay, now it's time for the famous cup for Elijah. This is when Jews pour a cup of wine for the prophet Elijah, who traditionally is supposed to visit every Jewish home on Seder night as a foreshadowing of his future arrival at the end of days. He's kind of like Santa Claus, except Santa Claus actually shows up. Well, maybe we should leave him cookies and milk instead. Shiksa. So I'm pouring a cup. I'm setting it out for Elijah. Opening the front door. And... Surprise, surprise, everybody. Look who's here. Elijah. Elijah hey. the prophet. How are you, dude? Come on in. Uh, I, 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 you're a little more excited to see me. I mean, I'm always excited to see you. But I gotta say, uh, happy to be here. It's so great. It's so great. And everyone's so excited to see you because, as is well known, we every Seder, the door's opened for you, you're invited in, and then you don't come. And now well, here yeah, you that, are. That's, that's my exact point. I, I don't like people. I uh, gotta be honest. I, I uh, That's why I say I'm not that excited, but I heard you were here. So what the heck? I'm here. I love you. I have to say, I always thought you you and Zachariah were my two favorite prophets. I, mm -hmm. But I, I, I gotta give the edge to you. Yeah, but he got a better he got a better name, Zachariah. It reminds me of like a Godzilla film character. Did, did you ever see uh, Godzilla versus Mothra? I I've seen everything. So yes. There's these little two little Japanese ladies who sing Mothariah, Mothariah, and when you say Zachariah, that's what that reminds me of. Look at everybody in attendance here. They're all looking at you in awe. It's okay. It's just a, we're just talking just just a god and a prophet talking about Godzilla. There's no need for the odd faces. It, this is this is a Passover. Well, I gotta tell is, you, it's God and Elijah. It's pretty exciting. You're right. I look, I stand back from myself and I see God and Elijah, and I can see why people are looking at us in odd, reverent, hushed tones. But let me tell you something, and I mean this, and this is something I've learned, and I've meant to tell you of of all. I, I dare I say people, you're not people. Uh, take what you do seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. That's a great lesson. It is. Like when you do your plagues, you do them with full seriousness. But, you know, lay back and go, that's what I do. And, and be happy that you gave yourself that power. But that's the balance, isn't it? Isn't it, Elijah? That's the 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 the, the work life balance. That's that's so hard to find. I think it takes, in my case, eternity years to uh -huh. really get to that point. By the way, you can go along and not bring anybody else in until you're ready. The rest of us don't have that. You know, you can be the best version of yourself and then go, okay. I'm going to invent two people in a forest. Well, the good thing for me is I can be every possible version of myself and create a different universe in which I can be that version of myself. And I've done that. Oh, so you can practice. You can practice. So you practice on other universes. Yeah, this probably, the universe that everyone who's listening to this is in is probably two-thirds of the way down in terms of versions of me. This is probably a 40% version of the best I could be. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm impressed. Bye. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Are there other Elijahs in these other worlds or am I the only one? 
I, I hate to disappoint you, but yes, there are other Elijahs wow. in the other worlds. But you, you're, you're, you as an Elijah, you are a great Elijah. So I, my, what would my percentage be? If I had to estimate, I would say you're in the top 20% of, of Elijah's in terms of the, the, the clarity of your message, the vehemence of your prophecy, the consistency of your failure to show up. I think you do a great job at all of those things. But by the way, everybody should know, I am right outside the door. I look in and I go, nah, not today. Why, why is that? And why do you keep thinking you're going to do If you know that never happens, why even bother showing up outside the door? Well, I got to do something, number one. Number two, social anxiety. I've got social anxiety. Understandable. That's ironic because you were my prophet, so you had to go out and talk to people and say things they didn't want to hear. You said the key thing, had to go out. I don't need to go into these satyrs. They're having a fine time. And by the way, if I did show up, it would freak them out. I got to take that into consideration. I mean, look what, look what happened today. So if you had not been, a, if I had not called you to prophecy, what is a nonprofit Elijah doing with his life? Napping. 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 I love to nap. And I got to tell you, unless you've got work for me, I'm napping. Those are the two things I do. And by the way, during Corona, I really napped it up. It was, it was good for me because I don't want to say it was good for anyone else, just based on the amount of napping. But now a nap is only defined in the context of, uh, of sleep. You have sleep, which is a yeah. thing, and then you can only nap as a contrast to sleep. At a certain point, doesn't napping become sleeping? Not if you do it over and over. Because I get up, I walk around a little bit, I may have a snack or two, and then I go back and I nap. But, I, but I'm only down for 20 minutes, half hour. That's it. How long, what is the, the temporal dividing line between a nap and sleep? Half hour. Half hour. So if you're more than a half hour, you're sleeping. Yeah, you're in denial if you're laying down for more than a half hour. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have some food, by the way. You're not eating anything. You're come on. We have we have lots of food here. What'd you like? So you like some uh, horseradish? Oh, hold on. Before I got here, I had to take an Alka Seltzer. At home, I had too much sugar, which causes acid reflux, and then I took an Alka Seltzer. So I'm not having anything. Not even the Manischewitz. I know it's Manischewitz. It's not. It's terrible wine, but no. It's but a- the wine will aggravate my reflux. Trust me. All right. All right. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. This is thing. This is whenever I bring you up in conversation up in heaven, this always comes up. When you said, have you killed and also taken possession? And in the place where dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, dogs will also lick up your blood, you heathens. Yeah. What was that about? What, what, what was that? Can, that I be, can I be honest? I, I, this is what I'm asking you to do. I improvised it. And what if I told you? Total non sequitur. But I knew people would think about it. I didn't know you think about it, but oh my God, just made it up. Because sometimes you just gotta, you know, be uh, a little uh, provocative. Is that the key to successful prophecy, you think? Saying things that sound like they make sense, but in fact don't make sense? Yeah, because they think about it no matter what you say. I could say Zeigesund and they would go, wow. That would make too much sense, you know. You got to go non sequitur. I can't. I'm, I'm going to push you on the spot. You want me to do? You want me to do one? 
I'm going to put you on the spot here. Could you prophesy something to the listeners that serves the function of sounding vaguely ominous, but in fact means nothing? All right. Great evening, apples. Great evening, apples. Do not, do not dog perm, perm, perm. Yeah, that really worked. That you can just you can feel the vibe in the room here. Well, yeah, because it's it's complete nonsense. But then you go, is he saying don't eat apples at nighttime? And if there's a dog around, but it's okay on Purim, and he's saying it Purim, 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 Purim. The the way you're using language, it sounds like you might be channeling me. That's that's the point. Is I might be communicating to you. It might be channeling you, and it also could be doing some Ken Nordine freeform word jazz. Uh, do you hang out with the other prophets? Are there any prophets like uh, Isaiah you like or Jonah? Isaiah, Isaiah's great. Isaiah and I both collect baseball cards, and we hang out trading, looking. We go, we go buy them together. Yeah, Isaiah... Uh, loves baseball cards. That's still a thing, collecting baseball cards? That's adorable in this day and age. Truly, it's hotter now than ever. What are the big companies? like? Is Topps still the major company? Topps uh, Tops for baseball. Panini is for basketball and football. I don't have much interest. For me, it's baseball cards. Baseball. Panini like the sandwich? Like the grilled sandwich, Panini? Well, that's the name of the company. Yeah, I don't know if it's named after. I don't know what it's named after. It's Panini. I'd be, I'd be curious if the same company has two branches, one of which makes sandwiches and one of which makes football and basketball cards. That would be really interesting. That would be really interesting. That's kind of like, the, like Guinness. Guinness has the world record division and also the the, the beer division. It's the yeah, same thing. I, I know. It's the same thing. And the divisions, by the way, are forbidden to associate with one another. Because imagine if Guinness, okay, if the company's two divisions got together, all the world records would not be accurate. Yeah. Because they'd be drunk. They'd be drunk. And, and the world records, you couldn't say, is that true? Most of those world records are false anyway. As someone who knows everything, I know for a fact that most of those records are just the, the, the records for things that have been recorded and observed. They're not actually right. the, the most of those things. There's actually a guy yeah. once back 5,000 years ago who was 10 feet, 8 inches tall. What was his name? Goliath, actually. Goliath. 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 Oh, Goliath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was 10 feet, 8 inches tall. You know what was a great guy? David. David was a good guy and arguably, arguably the greatest psalmist of all time. Yeah, yes, yes, arguably. Oh, arguably. Yeah, you, you by the way, Panini should merge because I'd love to buy a pack of paninis, open it up. There's a turkey panini. That's why you're Elijah. You have these ability to see things, to see visions in the future. Yeah. In this case of joint sandwich slash sports trading cards marketing. By the way, I am not understanding the whole digital art thing. Somebody paid $60 million for a piece of digital art. I, I, I don't get any of that. I look. As my producers know, and Jesus can attest, like I don't have much of a knowledge or interest in modern technology. To me, any computer that you cannot walk through is unusable. Why? The whole point of a computer is it should be as big as possible. But wait, 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 walk through. Are you saying the size of a computer? The size, yeah, yeah, yes. I'm saying it. I'm saying it should take up a room. Well, by the way, you're God. You can walk through a computer. No, I know, and I've done that, and it's fine. It is what it is. But it's not as exciting to me as having a, a whole computer that takes up a building. 
Okay, I want to give you a fun scenario. Okay, you go to work at Apple in disguise. Okay. By the way, I've been working at Apple my whole career. Hello, (laughs) Apple. I know. Well, they got that from you. I get it. I get it. Doesn't mean it's funny, but I get it. Okay, that's no, no. It was adorable. It was charming. It wasn't that funny. Okay. By, by the way, adorable and charming is great too. Charm gets you so far. Let, let's just let's just let's just move on. Let's just move on. I, well, you didn't find it funny, and that's fine. Okay, so you work at Apple, and you have like a name tag. You're a new employee, and then they show you the new computer, and then you walk through it and you leave. Come on, that would freak them out. That would be amazing. That this would, new, the, and your 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 employee name would be Herbie. And because they talk about it for years. No, there was a guy named Herbie here. He had just started, and then we showed him the new computers, and he walked through them, and then he was gone. And everyone will go, bullshit. You were on acid. What's going on? But you'd know. See, if I were God, and by the way, I played that game. For me, God, would. I know there's a lot of heavy responsibility on you, but for me, it would be just doing stuff like that all day long. That I would skip a nap for, to walk through a computer, to actually come out of somebody's applesauce. Somebody's opening up a jar of applesauce, boom, I come out. That's the type of stuff I would do. And they say, you know what? wait, 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 hold on. Okay. See, imagine somebody saying to someone, I saw God. What do you mean you saw God? No, no, he came out of my applesauce. Because it's you have to appear in a way that makes them seem nuts. See, this is, I, I, I never think about doing the things that if I were a human being, I would want to do if I were God. Because I'm too busy right. actually being God. But this is being great. God, yeah. And by the way, I'm always available to you to talk about this whenever you want. I feel terrible that you don't at least have some matzah. It's just matzah. It's just, it's unleavened bread. All right, let me ask you a quick quick question. Okay. Salted, onion, egg, uh, whole wheat. What kind of wheat? What do you got there? Uh, It's a little bit of egg, and it's also a little bit of onion. And I like to have my secret ingredient, which I put in it, is a little manna. Now, manna is the ultimate secret ingredient. Of course, it's an ingredient from heaven. And I don't tell anybody what it is, but I have put just a, a I'm going to use the word dollop. Scooch would also be appropriate. No, no, in, no. Dollop is as good as it gets. I love a good dollop. A dollop of manna in the dough here. And of course, it doesn't rise. So please. I, I'm in. I'm in. Try just it. give me, just give yeah, me a minute. Have, have some. Oh, 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 oh. Right? Unbelievable. Exactly. Unbelievable. That's so good. Can I be honest? That's the best matzah I've ever had. The key is the manna, is manna. And what is manna? I don't really discuss that. Well, that's not true. I had Andrew Zimmern on as a guest a couple of months ago, and he asked me what manna was, and I told him. And it's basically donuts. It's, ba- it's basically donuts. Hold on. Donuts from heaven. It's, it's Exactly. But I say that's what the basically means. Basically means from heaven. When yeah. I say something is basically something, it means from heaven. Oh, okay, good. That's yeah. clear for me now. Great. Boy, this is fun. It's so it's so good to see you. And I, I think, you know, traditionally in, in Jewish folklore, your appearance 
means the end has come, means it's the end of the world and I'm about to judge the living and the dead and put an end to this charade. By the way, can I also say, that's another reason I don't like showing up because it's a bunch of crap. You know it's not the end. No, it's true. The end is not going to, as a great but poet. You, 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 but you, oh, go with who, which great poet? I love good poetry. T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot said the world will end not, not with a bang, but with a whimper. And that's okay. and it's ending with a whimper right now. But people keep waiting for the bang, 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 bang. People want the world to end all at once, and no. for me to cause it. And the truth is, the world's going to end very slowly, and you're going to cause it. And that's fine. That's all fine. Well, you put that on me, but uh, I don't mean that, you. I don't mean you. I mean the human race on Mars. I know, but in general, that's why I don't like showing up. You know. Oh, hey, by the way, if anyone, the doors open. You feel my presence. If you want to invite me in to look for the Afikoman, I'll go against kids. I don't care. I've never searched for the Afikoman for years. You don't got to give me a treat or money. I just want to find the Afikoman. That's all I'm asking for. You missed it, but we had Anne Frank earlier hid the Afikoman for us. Oh, so. who better? Yeah, no, she's who good. Better? By the way, I played hide-and-seek with her. Lasted three years. I love her. She's, she's, she's a great she's kid. She's a great kid. Question yeah. for you. The yeah. Brit Mala. That's the uh, Hebrew name for the chair of Elijah that yeah. is used during every circumcision ceremony. You are yeah. also invited to appear at every circumcision ceremony. What's that about? Do I have to explain why I don't show up for those? You're saying it's a little... It's a little awkward. much. By the way, I'm pro-circumcision. Don't get me wrong. But no, I don't need to be there. Why did you... By the way, you're the one who added that. That's your thing. I didn't say, hey, include me in all the circumcisions. You threw that out there and people went, okay, we will. Yeah, I just thought I thought in the same way that... I And I didn't know. I know now. I thought in the same way you might enjoy stopping by for a Seder and having a nice okay. lamb shank. But the other thing is, you had me showing up for circumcisions and you told me to bring lotion and raisins. And that was like a joke. Like, you, you you, screwed me over. Here I am showing up for circumcisions. I got lotion in one hand, raisins in the other, thinking I'm participating. And everyone's going, who are you? What are you doing? And then you played a joke on me. Elijah, Elijah, I said lotion and razors. Razors. What Doesn't that make more sense? No, you played a trick on me. And by the way, good one. Joke was on me. Boom diggity. See, I'm good with that. I don't take myself seriously. You are a popular figure. That's what you are. Yeah. You are popular and revered in Judaism, yep. in Christianity, yep. in Islam, yep. and even in Mormonism. In fact, you yeah. showed up at the beginning of Mormonism to sort of give Joseph Smith the, the thumbs up and say, hey, I approve of this religion. Remember that? 1839. Yeah, no, no, no. I was actually just going on a little walk through the forest pre-nap. And as I walked through, there was a strange tall creature and there was a guy with like a book. And I said, hey, whatever you're doing, Zygazunt. And uh, that's the true story. I just, I didn't say, oh, I'm good with your crazy ass religion. Right. And then when you, you see a guy and you say, what's your name? And he says, Joseph Smith. You're like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah, your name is Joseph yeah. Smith. Exactly. The Book of Eli. Yes. Loosely based on you. Did you like that? Well, I got to tell you. That's um, Den Denzel Washington, of course. The reveal at the end. Spoiler alert is a reveal at the end. He's blind. 
Well, who didn't see it earlier with the glasses? Right, but they tried to they tried to finagle it so you didn't you couldn't. Yeah, but it. I I fell for it, and it, that movie's a little much. And then the book, I got to be honest, everything's exaggerated. But you got to sell books. What, what what can you do? Must be. Is it fun for you to see all these other celebrity Jews gathered around the table? Anybody here you want to say hello to? Everybody's here from the living and the dead. It's it's really. It, Let's take it the reverse. Is there anyone here who wants to ask me something? Because I got to tell you, I'm a bit shy. Uh, oh, there's a question. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Elijah. I am broadcasting legend Dinah Shore. Quick question Dinah for you. Dinah Shore? I love you, Dinah Shore. I thought to myself, can I be honest here? I thought, who is this unbelievably attractive woman who I feel like I want to play golf with her? That's what I felt. But keep going. My question is, did you know that I was Jewish? Can I be honest? No. Not a clue. Elijah, you're a bachelor. You've never even been in a relationship, much less married. No, I have not. No, I have not. I've, I am living in the world of platonic. I'm a platonic bachelor. Well, I. this is a little weird, but I don't know if you're noticing, but uh, that's Ruth over there, and she has been looking at you pretty pretty unceasingly since you walked in. See, Ruth, of course, the first convert to Judaism. Yes. And uh, she, she is... And by the way, you know what they say about converts? Bigger Jews than any of us. You know, they're crazy Jews, those converts. Oh, my God. They are whatever converts. Right, because they, they, they haven't gotten the joke yet. They have not gotten the joke that Judaism is... Really, it's cultural, and it's a belief in, in a higher presence such as yourself, but eh, eh, too much Hebrew. It's, it's the world's only fully ironic religion, except in Israel, where they take it deadly seriously. Can I say, I, I haven't gone to temple in years. Do you know why? Uh, because if you went there, everybody would freak out because the end of the world would be nigh? No, no, well, then there's the literal yes, which you and I know is full of crap. No. Too much standing. You go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. As a long-time napper, no thank you. You're right. There's a lot of standing and sitting, and that's what I like. The whole point of going to temple is to feel uncomfortable and to sacrifice physical comfort for me. Right. Oh, by, by the way, Ruth is an attractive woman. Well, that's I'm, I'm trying to do a bit of uh, yenta-ing here. I'm trying to do some matchmaking uh -huh. here because she's uh -huh. single. Yeah. And you're single. Yeah. And if you, after this interview is over, yeah. if you want me to have a chair suddenly appear right next to her, along with a, a dinner plate for you, with some uh, delicious karoseth and the lamb shank and all the yuge, and sit next to her and maybe just have a nice little conversation, I can I can make that happen. It's up, it's up to you. I Tell me. am, well... In the big word, yes, of course, but I'm terribly shy. I really would have to have you set things up even more than that. Like, so, if you could zap her to my place, that's kind of what I need. I have no skill set. I have no game. I have no game. That's what I meant to say. I'm, I'm God. There's only so much I can do. You understand wow. what I'm saying? Like, like that. 
that's just a, a, an ongoing message of mine. I'm God. There's only so much I can do. I'm just one God. If this were a polytheistic system and I could call in the backups, I could do a lot, get a lot more done. Well, but, you're, you, but, but see, you look who you're talking to. You're talking to Elijah. I know your full power. It's like saying that I'm the end of the world. I'm not. You and I both know that. A lot of whimpering, a lot of small time stuff. I'm just there to sort of scare people and make them in awe. No question the name Elijah still inspires a lot of awe, but it's also become fairly common. Many men now have that name, even that dork who played Frodo. That's my point. I, I, I love Elijah. I was always into Zachariah more, but people love Elijah. You don't, no one names their kid Zachariah. No, not anymore. That's probably, probably for the best. It's a lot of Zachs though. I a lot of, I, a lot of Zachs. Yeah, but I, I know Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. He's not, he's not Zachariah. No. Is he Zachary? No, he's Zach Chester. Right. One word. I love his show. You know, I, I don't know. If you know him, if you know Zach Galifianakis, I would love to be on Between Two Ferns. If you could ever, if you ever tell him and talk to him and say, God would love to be on Between Two Ferns, I get his shtick. I know the whole thing where he insults me and that's fine. I would love, I would love that. That's totally fine. He can get my name wrong. He can say that he prefers Zeus or whatever. I just, I just think that he's just so delightful. Well, if you were ever on his show, um, it would be an empty chair like me. I've been on the show and it was an empty chair because people couldn't handle it. You know, Zach is the calmest person that you ever created. And he would be okay with meeting you, very calm. But he knows his viewers. And if you put Elijah, let alone, well, God, let alone Elijah, uh, people would freak out. So he's calm enough to deal with you. By the way, how about this? Come out of his applesauce. You want to see a guy keep, keep scooping his applesauce and be just a regular guy to hang out with? Zach Galifianakis. That's your guy. What about this? What if I appeared on his show, but I actually took physical form of somebody who was a, a likable, winning the, person? The, the, Olsen, the Olsen twins. No, I was thinking, uh, what's his name? Who's Tom Hanks? The sidekicky guy on Curb Your Enthusiasm. What's that guy? Jeff Garland. Like yeah. if I were, if I could be Jeff Garland on the like people like Jeff Garland. I think yeah, that could but be the fun. only but the only problem with that is, is Zach would want Larry on the show. He doesn't want Jeff Garland, so people aren't going to buy it right away. They, no? they're going to say, "Where's Larry?" Oh well, maybe I could be Larry. He's extremely Jewish, so I could definitely. Well, maybe you could be Larry. You could be anyone you want. You could be applesauce as we're talking. Point being is, yeah, go on as Larry. Zach would love it. Do you have a, an obsession? It's it's odd that you keep bringing up applesauce on a holiday that has its own condiment, which is horseradish, which is right. like that's the condiment du and there's jour. Already, there's already chopped up apples and nuts and, and honey and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, no, no, I don't even like applesauce. I, I was just using it as an example. We could have gone with uh, yogurt. Yeah, you could have gone with yogurt. You could appear on a yogurt. Are you a Greek yogurt guy or just a regular yogurt guy? Oh, no, no, no. The Greek, which ironically is worse for uh, uh, ecology. You know, it's bad for our water system, but it's so much better for you, Greek yogurt, than regular yogurt. You know, it's funny. This conversation we've had has taken exactly all the turns I knew it would. 
every single turn we've had, this has all been so predictable, but which is appropriate for a prophet. Uh, but so, uh, by the way, you're God. And so I have so many questions. We could have lunch for a year. Question being is, is do you, do you know what our conversation is going to be ahead of time? I could. I could know, but I choose not oh, to. Oh, of course, because then, then it would be fun. Yeah, that's that's what omniscience actually is. It means the having the ability to know in advance, yeah. but choosing not to. For example, I always cite this example. I was told before seeing the sixth sense, don't use your powers. Just go in and be surprised. And I'm so glad I did because it's such a great movie. Didn't see the ending coming. And ever since then, it's just been a reminder to me, don't know in advance. Why not be surprised? It's not like it's going to threaten my power if something happens that I don't know is coming. So I like to be surprised. Right. I, right, I rarely yeah. need to know. Why would you spoil the sixth sense? No, exactly. And I'm, I'm so glad. Because in the old days, there were times, there was another time when I was told that I could just watch the usual suspects without worrying about it. And so I did go ahead in my mind and see how it ended. And I was, I was livid. I was furious. That was ruined for me, that ending. Yeah, no, that would be. So you were livid with yourself. I was livid with myself. I took it out on uh, Indonesia, but I was livid with myself. Yeah. I never that's what it. happens, you know. That's I love I Indonesians. I don't like Indonesia. Really? I, I stayed at a resort there. They were so rude. There was a door open at a resort in Indonesia. I stepped in. And they basically said, excuse my language, who the fuck are you trying to freeload off this beautiful Indonesian resort? And I thought, how dare you? Was it Bali? What's that? Was it in Bali? No, it was uh, Albacore. The tuna? No, no, a town named after the tuna. Was the town named after the tuna? Or the tuna named after the town? You'd have to ask them. But I showed up at Albacore. Uh, and by the way, I love a good uh, 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 fresh ocean, not farm-raised. You never want the farm-raised albacore. You want from the wild ocean, the wild caught. Because there is a town in Japan called Ahi where they make the Ahi tuna. Yes. And by the way, very welcoming to me. Oh, really? You've been there? Oh, and I've had their Ahi tuna. Delightful. Delightful. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, this has been a delightful conversation, Elijah. It's always, it's been, I, I think, I don't think I've seen you since maybe the resurrection of Jesus. I think. No, 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 no. We, we, we saw each other at a Pat Paulson concert. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. He was running for president. And we both showed up. That's right. That's right. That was a hilarious bit. That it was, it was great. And you and I had a ball. Don't you remember? Yes, I, I, I do. He and, was the, then, and then you told me in the future there'd be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like three of them. Who knew? You knew. Yes, I also told you that they would be increasingly poor in quality as they went along. Well, by the way, that's my expectation. I know how it works. Yes. And by the way, the first one, fun, not a great movie. No. But see, with me, I think the New Testament to me is arguably better than the Old Testament. You could debate this. People have debated this. But to me, the New Testament is, is better as a sequel 
so much, so much improved. It's the only one you can refer to. By the way, you know what the nickname for the New Testament is? Godfather Two. That's good. Yeah, it's and true. Actually, yeah, actually, I'm the Godfather. No, no, I just no. You're right, Godfather Two, because right. Godfather Two is a great movie. So the New Testament's always been called Godfather Two. And then I'm obliged to extend this metaphor once more and say that the Quran is Godfather Three, which is I, I, I'm just extending your metaphor. I'm not saying the Quran is bad. Well, if you're equating it with Godfather Three, now they just released a new Godfather Three, which I watched and it's better, but not much. But different cut. Yeah, different cut. The New Testament is to the Quran what Robert Duvall is to George Hamilton. No, well, hold on. Before you go attacking George Hamilton, could Duvall do love at first bite? I think not. No, Duvall probably wouldn't have played well opposite Susan St. James. That's a very good point. Well, by the way, Duvall and Susan St. James, that's a long, they don't get it. They don't work together well. They don't <laughs> date. No. They did just those two. And you know what he loved and he was jealous of? He wanted to star in Macmillan and Wife. That was that was like Duval's thing, and he he always hated Rock Hudson for it too. Pure jealousy. I'm just curious. So, if Robert Duval wanted to be in Macmillan and Wife, who did he envision as his wife? Weird choice, but Sheena Easton. He always loved Morning Train, Sugar Walls. He even took it. You know, Duval was like pissed at Prince for teaming up and saying, you've got the look with uh, Sheena Easton, but that's who he envisioned. Did she ever do any acting though? I never knew she acted. No, she's never acted in her life. That was another reason that Duvall was out of his mind. Look, it didn't work out for a reason. Elijah, thank you for coming. I'm gonna play you off the only way you deserve, Sheena Easton style. Delightful and in my mind, delicious. That's a, love that song, Morning Train by Sheena Easton, everybody. Well, that's all for this year's Passover Seder. Joan, this was your first Seder. What did you think? I, <laughs> I loved it. And I learned so much about the Jewish people. Like, oh, like, like why they're so meshagana and uh, why they put themselves through so much tzuris. That's right, Joan. Wow, you really did pay attention. <laughs> hey, I'm no schmendrick. <laughs> Good stuff. Until next week, this is God telling the Jewish people, thank you for your faith in me. Your adorable, inexplicable, quixotic faith in me. And now, enough! If I only were on Twitter, but I did not have a podcast just on Twitter, but no podcast, die a new. Die, die, a new. Die, die, a new. Die, die, a new. Die, a new. Die, a new. If I only had a podcast, but did not do karaoke podcast, but no karaoke, die, a new. Endless chorus, endless chorus, endless chorus, and endless, endless chorus. Thanks for listening to this broadcast. Please stay tuned now. The credit's coming up. Godcast is a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Alex Ramsey, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and David Javerbaum. 
Original music by Gabe Lopez. Joan of Arc appears courtesy of Tara Sands. For more original podcasts, visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus content from this show and others, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And if you haven't already, remember to follow God on Twitter at the Tweet of God. Forever Dog.